After reciting this, the Shahud Ta'awz and Surah Al-Fatiha, as the Khalib Tumasi V, Ayyadullah Ta'ala bin Aziz stated, I have been narrating accounts in the life of Hazrat Ali radiallahu anhu, and I shall continue to do so today, as well as in the coming Friday sermons, God willing. When Ibn Qamiya martyred Hazrat Musa bin Umair during the Battle of Uhud, he thought that he had martyred the Holy Prophet Hence he returned to the Quraysh and said that he had killed Muhammad When Hazrat Musa was martyred, the Holy Prophet handed the flag to Hazrat Ali Thus, Hazrat Ali and the Muslims continued in the battle. In a narration, it is mentioned that during the Battle of Uhud, the flag bearer of the idolaters, Talha bin Abi Talha, called out to Hazrat Ali and challenged him. Subsequently, Hazrat Ali stepped forward and struck him with such force that he fell to the ground and began to quiver. Hazrat Ali continuously killed the flag bearers of the disbelievers one after another. Seeing a group of the disbelievers, the Holy Prophet instructed Hazrat Ali to attack them. Hazrat Ali killed Amr bin Abdullah Jumay and caused that group to disperse. Following this, the Holy Prophet instructed him to attack another contingent of the disbelievers. Hazrat Ali killed Shaiba bin Malik, upon which Angel Gabriel said, O Messenger of Allah, certainly he deserves your sympathy, i.e., referring to Hazrat Ali. The Holy Prophet ﷺ replied, Indeed, Ali is from me 
and I am from him. Angel Gabriel replied, I am from both of you. Hazrat Ali anhu relates, During the battle of Uhud, when the people around the Holy Prophet became scattered, I started searching through the bodies of the martyrs, but did not find the Holy Prophet I then said, By God, the Holy Prophet would never flee, nor have I found him among the martyrs. Instead, Allah is displeased with us and has raised up his Prophet. Hence, now it is best for me to continue fighting until I am killed. I then broke the sheath of my sword and launched an attack on the disbelievers, which made them disperse. Once they dispersed, I saw that the Holy Prophet was in the midst of them. This is the tale of love and devotion which began from childhood and manifested itself on each and every occasion. There is a narration with regards to the injuries sustained by the Holy Prophet during the Battle of Uhud. Hazrat Sahal bin Saad was asked about the injuries of the Holy Prophet upon which he said, If you ask me, then by God, I am fully aware of the person who cleaned the wounds of the Holy Prophet i.e. he vividly remembers that scene, who was washing his wounds and what ointment was used. Hazrat Sahal said, Hazrat Fatima, the daughter of the Holy Prophet was cleaning the wound and Hazrat Ali was using his shield to pour water over it. When Hazrat Fatima saw that the water caused more blood to flow from the wound, she took a piece of a sack, burnt it and patched it over the wound, which stopped the bleeding. On that day, the Holy Prophet lost one of his front teeth, his face was wounded and his helmet broke on his head. Hazrat Sayyid bin Musayyib relates that Hazrat Ali sustained 16 wounds during the Battle of Uhud. Whilst discussing the phenomenon that there is a treasure of blessings hidden behind each trial and tribulation, Hazrat Musleh anhu states, When Hazrat Ali returned from the battle of Uhud, he handed Hazrat Fatima his sword and said, Clean this, for today this sword served me well. The Holy Prophet heard this and said, Ali, it was not only your sword which excelled, rather many of your brethren used their swords exceptionally. He then mentioned the names of six or seven companions, saying, Their swords were by no means inferior to yours, and they passed through similar trials and eventually succeeded. The Battle of Khandak took place in Shawal 
5 ہجری اس کے اس موقع پر کفار کے لشکر نے جب مدینہ کا محاصرہ کیا ہوا تھا On this occasion, when the army of the disbelievers had surrounded Medina, the chieftains agreed that they would launch an attack in unison. They began searching for a narrow path in the ditch through which their cavalry could pass and reach the Holy Prophet and his companions, but they were unable to locate such a place. They said that this is a strategy which till today has never been used in Arab lands. They were told that the Holy Prophet had a Persian companion who suggested this idea. The disbelievers then said that this must be his scheme. Thereafter they reached a narrow passage of the ditch which the Muslims were unaware of. Then Ikrama bin Abi Jahal, Nawfal bin Abdullah, Darar bin Khattab, Hubaira bin Abi Wahab and Amr bin Abdewud passed through this passage. In order to call out and challenge others, Amr bin Abdewud recited the following couplets. لَقَدْ بَحِحْتُ مِنَ النِّدَاءَ أَلِجَمْعِهِمْ هَلْ مِمْ مُبَارِزْ Meaning, I have lost my voice constantly crying out to the other party saying, Will anyone come and challenge me? In response to this, Hazrat Ali recited the following couplets. Meaning, do not show haste. For the one to answer your call has come, who shall never show weakness nor any frailty. Firm resolve, complete sagacity, and remaining resolute in the battlefield with unwavering resolve is key to each successful victory. Indeed, I expect to gather those who wail over a deceased one to lament over you, whilst causing such a deep wound which shall be etched in the history of wars. When Hazrat Ali bin Abi Talib said, O Messenger of Allah, I shall go and challenge him. The Holy Prophet handed him his sword, tied his turban for him and supplicated, O Allah, grant your support against him, i.e. against Amr bin Abdiwud. Hazrat Ali then went forth to confront him. They both approached one another and the dust between them flew up as they battled. Hazrat Ali struck him and killed him. He then exclaimed, Allahu Akbar, i.e. Allah is the greatest, from which they understood that Hazrat Ali had slain him. Those with Amr bin Abdiwud fled and were only able to save themselves because of their horses. Whilst giving further details of this incident, Hazrat Mirza Bashir Ahmed Sahib writes, Amr was an extremely renowned swordsman and due to his bravery was considered to be the like of 1,000 warriors by himself. Since he had returned from Badr frustrated and unsuccessful, his heart was saturated with feelings of malice and revenge. 
As soon as he took to the field, he called for a duel in a very arrogant manner, asking if there was anyone who would confront him. Certain companions were reluctant in confronting him, but Hazrat Ali stepped forward to square up to him with the permission of the Holy Prophet The Holy Prophet bestowed his own sword to him and prayed for him. Hazrat Ali advanced and said to Amr, I have heard that you have vowed that if a person from the Quraysh requests two things of you, you shall accept one of the two. Indeed, said Amr. Hazrat Ali responded, Then I ask you first to embrace Islam and become the recipient of divine favours by accepting the Holy Prophet This is not possible, said Amr. Hazrat Ali said, If not this, then come forward and prepare to battle me. At this, Amr began to laugh and said, I did not believe that anyone would ever muster the courage to say such words to me. Then he asked Hazrat Ali to provide his name and line of descent, and upon hearing his descent, said, Nephew, you are still a child. I do not wish to spill your blood. Send forth your elders. You do not wish to spill my blood, said Hazrat Ali, but I feel no hesitation in spilling yours. Upon hearing this, Amr became blind in rage and after jumping from his horse, hamstrung it so that there was no way to return. Then he madly marched forward towards Hazrat Ali like a fierce flame of fire and wielded his sword against him with such force that it cut through the shield of Hazrat Ali and struck his forehead, who was wounded to some extent. However, Hazrat Ali retaliated with such lightning speed, calling out a slogan of God's greatness that Amr was left fending for his life. The sword of Hazrat Ali penetrated his shoulders and cut him to the ground. Amr fell to the ground and gave up his life, tossing and turning in agony. After the death of Amr bin Abdiwud, the disbelievers sent word to the Holy Prophet that they would give 10,000 dirhams in exchange for his corpse. In response to this, the Holy Prophet said, Take it, for we do not wish to make money of the deceased. Hazrat Bara bin Azib narrates that when the Holy Prophet made the treaty at Hudaybiyah, Hazrat Ali bin Abi Talib was a scribe who wrote down the document between them. He had written down the name Muhammad, the Messenger of Allah. The idolaters said, Do not write Muhammad, the Messenger of Allah, for if you were a messenger, we would not have any dispute with you. The Holy Prophet instructed Hazrat Ali to erase it. Hazrat Ali said, He would not be the one to erase it. The Holy Prophet then erased it by his own hand and agreed to the pact on the condition that he and his companions could remain in Mecca for three days and they would enter having kept their weapons in the Julban. The people asked, What is the Julban? The Holy Prophet replied, The outer covering in which the sword and its sheath are placed in. As a Muslim has narrated this incident with much more details. 
He states, When the Holy Prophet arrived at the meeting of Hudaybiyah and the disbelievers were presenting their conditions for the treaty, the companions were seated and were boiling with fury from within owing to the atrocities which were continuously committed by the disbelievers against them for twenty years. Their swords were unsheathed and they waited for any opportunity to exact revenge for the atrocities they committed against Islam. But the Holy Prophet listened to what the disbelievers had to say and when they proposed the idea to enter into a treaty, he said, very well, let us form a treaty. They then said, on the condition that this year you cannot perform the Umrah. The Holy Prophet replied, very well, this year we shall not perform the Umrah. Then the disbelievers said, when you come the following year to perform the Umrah, you may not remain in Makkah for longer than three days. The Holy Prophet answered, very well, I accept this condition. They then said, you shall not be permitted to enter Makkah with your weapons. The Holy Prophet said, very well, we shall not enter Makkah armed. As the conditions of the treaty were being agreed upon, the companions were boiling with anger. Deep down they were restless owing to their anger, but could not do anything about it. Hazrat Ali anhu was appointed to write up the treaty. When he began writing it by stating that this treaty is being formed between the party of Muhammad, the Messenger of Allah, and his companions, and the party of such and such chieftains of Makkah and the people of Makkah. This enraged the disbelievers, who said, We cannot tolerate these words, for we do not accept Muhammad as the Messenger of Allah. If we did, then there would be no matter of contention between us. We are forming a treaty with him in his capacity as Muhammad, son of Abdullah, not with Muhammad, the Messenger of Allah. Thus these words cannot be included in the treaty. At that moment, the emotions of the companions could hardly be contained and they began to tremble with fury. They thought that God had created another opportunity whereby the Holy Prophet would not accept what the disbelievers said and they would be allowed to fight and thus be able to let out the anger they felt within themselves. However, the Holy Prophet said, They are right. The words, Messenger of Allah, should be erased from the treaty. He then said to Hazrat Ali, Ali, erase these words. Although Hazrat Ali was an exemplary model when it came to obedience, in that moment his heart began to tremble and tears began to flow from his eyes as he said, O Messenger of Allah, I am unable to erase these words. The Holy Prophet then said, Give the parchment to me. He took it and with his own hands erased the words, Messenger of Allah. There is a long narration in Sahih Muslim regarding the Battle of Khaybar, which took place in Muharram and Safar of 7 Hijri. 
Hazrat Salama bin Akwa narrates, When we reached Khaybar, their chief, Marhab, came out wielding his sword. As he said, Khaybar knows very well that I am Marhab, and when battles come blazing forth, I am armed, brave, and an experienced warrior. Meaning that he would display his bravery in such circumstances. The narrator continues, My uncle Amir went forth to combat him while saying, Khaybar knows well that I am Amir, the armed, brave, and one who puts himself in the face of danger. The narrator further says, Both traded blows. Marhab's sword struck Amir's shield. Amir tried to attack him from below the shield, but he struck himself with his own sword, which severed an artery, as a result of which he was martyred. Salama continues, When I left from there, I heard some companions of the Holy Prophet saying that Amir's deeds went in vain, as he had killed himself. He then narrates, I went to the Holy Prophet and was crying. I asked him, O Messenger of Allah, have Amir's deeds been wasted? The Holy Prophet replied, Who has said this? I replied, Some of your companions have said this. The Holy Prophet said, Whoever has said this is incorrect. In fact, he, i.e. Amir, has earned a double reward. Then the Holy Prophet sent me to Hazrat Ali, who at the time was experiencing an ailment of the eyes. The Holy Prophet then said, I will give this flag to he who loves Allah and his messenger, or he whom Allah and his messenger love. The narrator continues to say, I went to Hazrat Ali and brought him with me as he had some discomfort in his eyes due to some ailment as a result of which they were swollen. Therefore I took him along with me until we reached the Holy Prophet. He placed some of his saliva on Hazrat Ali's eyes as a result of which his pain was alleviated and then the Holy Prophet gave him the flag. Thereafter Marhab came forward and said, Khaybar knows that I am Marhab and when battle rages forth I am armed, brave and experienced. Hazrat Ali responded by saying, Meaning, my mother named me Haydar, the one who resembles a ferocious lion that roams the jungle. I shall give a Sandara in exchange for a Sa. This is an Arabic idiom which has Urdu equivalents as This means to return someone's attack with one that is more fierce. The literal meaning of Sandra is a large scale. Whilst one sa only comprises of three sir, thus a Sandra is greater. The narrator continues, After saying this, Hazrat Ali struck Marhab on his head and killed him. Thus Khaybar was conquered at the hands of Hazrat Ali. This narration is from Sahih Muslim. Whilst mentioning the same incident, Hazrat Muslim anhu says, Hazrat Ali was granted an opportunity on the day of Khaybar. When the Holy Prophet said, Today I shall grant an opportunity to he who loves God and whom God Almighty loves and will give my sword to him who God Almighty has granted excellence. Hazrat Umar says that he was present in that gathering 
and he raised his head hoping that the Holy Prophet would see him and grant him the sword. However, when the Holy Prophet looked towards him, he remained silent. Hazrat Umar raised his head again, yet upon seeing him, the Holy Prophet still remained silent. Then Hazrat Ali came and he was experiencing pain in his eyes. The Holy Prophet said, Ali, come forward. When Hazrat Ali stepped forward, the Holy Prophet placed his saliva on Hazrat Ali's eyes and said, May Allah the Almighty heal your eyes. Take this sword which Allah the Almighty has entrusted to you. As a Muslim Maul has mentioned the same incident in another instance when he says, Around five months after the Holy Prophet had returned from Hudaybiyah, it was decided that the Jewish people who resided in Khaybar should be expelled for they resided only a short distance away from Medina and could easily plot against them. Thus, the Holy Prophet took 1600 companions with him and set out towards Khaybar in August 628 CE. Khaybar was a fortified city as there were forts on hills at all four corners of the city. To conquer such a well-protected city with such a small amount of people was no easy task. Various small watchposts were overtaken after some small skirmishes. However, when all the Jewish people gathered at the central fortress of the city, all plans to conquer it began to falter. One day, God Almighty informed the Holy Prophet that this city was destined to be conquered at the hand of Hazrat Ali radiallahu anhu. Thus in the morning, the Holy Prophet announced that he would bestow the black-coloured flag of Islam to he who was loved by God, his messenger, and by the Muslims. For God had decreed this fortress to be conquered at his hand. Then the next morning, the Holy Prophet summoned Hazrat Ali and granted him the flag, who then led the Muslim army and attacked the fortress. Though the Jewish people were well protected, Allah the Almighty granted Hazrat Ali and the other companions such strength on that day that before nightfall, the fortress had been conquered. Then at another instant, with reference to Hazrat Ali and the same incident, as a Muslim states, When the matter of conquering the fortress of Khaybar arose, the Holy Prophet called Hazrat Ali and desired to bestow upon him the flag of the Muslim army. However, Hazrat Ali was experiencing pain in his eyes. Here it is mentioned that his eyes were hurting. And due to the extreme pain, his eyes had become swollen. The Holy Prophet saw the state Hazrat Ali was in and said to him, Come here. When Hazrat Ali went towards him, the Holy Prophet placed his saliva on the eyes of Hazrat Ali and his eyes were immediately relieved of the pain. In another instance, whilst mentioning how the Holy Prophet granted cure through his blessed hands, as a Muslim states, We witness such examples in this world wherein certain people stricken with illnesses are miraculously cured without even undergoing any medical treatment. Or at times, they are granted cure when the medical treatment proves unsuccessful. A similar kind of incident in regards to granting cure is found in the life of the Holy Prophet during the Battle of Khaybar. During the Battle of Khaybar, the Holy Prophet stated, 
the victory of Khaybar has been destined with the one whom I grant my flag to. Hazrat Umar radiallahu anhu relates that when the time of the battle approached, he raised his neck and began to look around in the hope that perhaps the Holy Prophet would grant him the flag. However, the Holy Prophet did not assign him with this duty. In the meanwhile, Hazrat Ali came and at the time he was experiencing a lot of pain in his eyes. The Holy Prophet placed his blessed saliva upon his eyes and he was immediately cured from the ailment of his eyes. The Holy Prophet then placed the flag in Hazrat Ali's hand and entrusted him with the conquest of Khaybar. Hazrat Muslim further states, There is a very faith-inspiring incident of Hazrat Ali. During the Battle of Khaybar, Hazrat Ali went against a very prominent general of the Jews. Since he was also a very skilled fighter, therefore they both continued to fight each other for a long time. Eventually, Hazrat Ali felled him to the ground and knelt upon his chest with the intention to cut his head off with the final stroke of his sword. However, he spat on Hazrat Ali's face and Hazrat Ali immediately stood away from him. The Jew was surprised at the fact that Hazrat Ali had overcome him and yet had now let him go. Why would he let him go even though he easily had the opportunity to kill him? He thought. And so, he inquired from Hazrat Ali as to why he let him go. Hazrat Ali replied, Till this point, I was fighting against you purely for the sake of attaining Allah's pleasure. However, when you spat at me, I became angry and felt that now, if I were to kill you, then it would not be for the sake of Allah, but owing to my personal anger. Thus, I let you go, so my anger subsides, lest I kill you for a personal reason. How great of an example was this, which was demonstrated by Hazrat Ali. Right in the midst of the battle, he let a bitter enemy go free, simply because he did not wish to kill him owing to any personal grievance. Rather, if he did so, it would only be for the sake of Allah alone. According to the narrations, it is stated that Hazrat Ali read out the opening verses of Surah Tawbah on the occasion of Hajj. The narration is as follows. Abu Jafir Muhammad bin Ali relates, When Surah Bara, a Surah Tawbah, was revealed to the Holy Prophet he had already sent Hazrat Abu Bakr as the Amir of the Hajj. A suggestion was put before the Holy Prophet to send this chapter to Hazrat Abu Bakr so that he could recite it there as well. The Holy Prophet stated, No one can fulfill this responsibility apart from someone among the members of my household. Thereafter, the Holy Prophet called for Hazrat Ali and stated, On the day when the people gather in Mina to offer their sacrifice, announce before them what has been mentioned in the opening part of Surah Tawbah, which is that a kafir, a disbeliever, shall not enter paradise. Also, that after this year, no idolater will be permitted to perform the Hajj, nor will they be permitted to perform the Tawaf around the house of Allah whilst naked. And whoever has entered into a treaty with the Holy Prophet the complete duration of that treaty will be honored. 
Subsequently, Hazrat Ali mounted upon the camel of the Holy Prophet Abba and left. Whilst en route, he caught up with Hazrat Abu Bakr Upon seeing him, Hazrat Abu Bakr asked, Have you been appointed as the Amir or will you be under me? Hazrat Ali replied, I will serve under you. Thus they both continued their journey and Hazrat Abu Bakr oversaw all the matters in relation to the Hajj. That year, the Arabs had camped at the same place where they previously used to camp during the Jahiliya. When it was the day to offer their sacrifices, Hazrat Ali stood up and just as he had been instructed by the Holy Prophet he announced before the people, saying, O people, no disbeliever shall enter paradise. And after this year, no idolater shall be permitted to perform the Hajj, and nor will they be permitted to perform the Tawaf around the house of Allah naked. And whoever has entered into a treaty with the Holy Prophet the complete duration of that treaty will be honoured. Everyone was granted a duration of four months from the moment of that announcement, so that all of the tribes could reach their respective areas and places of safety. Thereafter, after the passing of that duration, no idolater would have any kind of treaty or pact or any responsibility in this regard, except if they had entered into a treaty with the Holy Prophet In other words, if the duration of a treaty still remained, then that would continue to be honoured, but there would not be a new treaty or a pact. After that year, no idolater performed the Hajj, and neither did anyone perform the Hajj whilst naked. Thereafter, Hazrat Ali and Hazrat Abu Bakr returned to the Holy Prophet The following narration has already been mentioned with reference to another companion. However, I shall mention it again in regards to Hazrat Ali This event took place on the occasion of the conquest of Makkah in Ramadan 8 Hijri, January of 630 CE. Hazrat Ali narrates that the Holy Prophet sent him Hazrat Zubair and Migdad bin Aswad to Roza Khakh. This event in fact took place before the conquest of Makkah. And the Holy Prophet stated to them, Go forth, and when you reach Rawdai Khakh, there you will find a woman who will be mounted upon a camel, and she has a letter. Take the letter from her. Hazrat Ali further relates, Subsequently we raced off on our horses, and we reached Rawdai Khakh. Upon reaching there, we indeed found a woman mounted on a camel. We instructed her to hand over the letter. However, she denied having any letter. We then warned her that either she should produce the letter or we would be compelled to remove her clothes in order to search for it. Upon this, she took out the letter which was concealed in the bun of her hair and handed it over to us. We took the letter and returned it to the Holy Prophet Upon opening the letter, we discovered that Hatib bin Abi Balta had addressed some of the idolaters of Makkah and was revealing information about a certain plan of the Holy Prophet the Holy Prophet ﷺ called for Hatib bin Abi Balta and asked him to explain the matter. Hatib submitted, O Messenger of Allah, 
Please do not make a decision in haste with regards to me. I am not from the Quraysh, but in fact I came and joined them. However, the other Muhajireen who are with you have relations in Mecca through which they are able to safeguard their wealth and properties. Therefore, since I have no relations there, I wished to do a favor for the people of Mecca with the intention that perhaps through this favor of mine they will have some regard for me. I did not commit this act owing to disbelief or apostasy or owing to any hypocrisy. He stated that neither he was a disbeliever nor an apostate and he did not commit this act for any other reasons. Nor can I give preference to disbelief after having accepted Islam. I assure you of this. Upon this the Holy Prophet ﷺ stated, Indeed, you have spoken the truth. In other words, he accepted what he said. Whilst narrating this incident, as a Muslim states, a weak companion disclosed to the Meccans that the Holy Prophet was departing for Mecca with an army of 10,000 companions. In the letter he further wrote, I am not exactly aware where the Holy Prophet is heading towards, but I assume he is traveling to Mecca. Some of my close relations and family relatives live in Mecca. I hope that during this difficult hour you will extend them your help and support and not allow them to be harmed in any way. This letter had not reached Mecca yet when the Holy Prophet called for Hazrat Ali in the morning and stated, Go to such and such place, for Allah the Almighty has informed me that you will find a woman there who will be mounted upon a camel and will have a letter which she will be taking to the Meccans. Take the letter from her and immediately return to me. When Hazrat Ali was about to leave, the Holy Prophet ﷺ stated, Remember, she is a woman, therefore do not treat her harshly. Try to pressure her and persuade her to admit that she has the letter. However, if she still does not comply, despite your efforts to convince her, then you may take strict action, even if you have to kill her. But you must not allow the letter to reach Mecca. And so Hazrat Ali reached that particular location and also found that woman. When she was asked to be searched, she began to cry and swore that she was not a traitor or a cheat. In any case, they searched her and looked into her pockets and possessions but could not find the letter. The companions suggested that it seemed she did not have the letter. However, Hazrat Ali became impassioned and told them to remain silent. He then very passionately stated, I swear by Allah, the Messenger of Allah can never utter a lie. And so he told the woman, The Messenger of Allah has told us that you have a letter, and I swear by God, I am not lying. After this, Hazrat Ali drew his sword and said, Produce the letter, otherwise if I have to take off all your clothes and search, then I will do that, because the Messenger of Allah has indeed spoken the truth, and you are the one who is lying. Thus she became frightened, and upon being threatened to have her clothes removed, she quickly took the letter out from the bun of her hair and gave it over. In another instance, whilst narrating the details of this incident, has a Muslim stated, During the lifetime of the Holy Prophet one of the companions tried to secretly reveal information to his relatives in Mecca about the plans of the Muslims to attack Mecca, so that owing to this act of compassion, they would in turn afford kind treatment to his relatives. However, the Holy Prophet ﷺ was informed of this by divine revelation. The Holy Prophet sent Hazrat Ali along with a few other companions to a particular place and told them to retrieve a letter from a woman. Upon reaching there, 
They demanded the letter from that woman. However, she denied having it. Some of the companions thought that perhaps the Holy Prophet had made a mistake. However, Hazrat Ali insisted that this was not the case and that the Holy Prophet could never be wrong. He stated until she did not produce the letter, he would not leave. Hazrat Ali then admonished the woman and as a result of which he produced the letter and gave it to him. On the occasion of the conquest of Mecca, whilst the Holy Prophet was sat in Masjid al-Haram, Hazrat Ali presented himself before the Holy Prophet and gave him the keys to the Kaaba. He submitted, O Messenger of Allah, assign us the duties of providing water during the days of the Hajj, as well as overseeing the opening and closing the door of the Kaaba. The Holy Prophet stated, Where is Uthman bin Talha? Subsequently he was called for, and the Holy Prophet stated, O Uthman, this is your key. Today is the day of virtue and loyalty. The Holy Prophet then stated to Hazrat Ali, I shall not give you something as a result of which you will be burdened with hardship and difficulty. Rather, I will give you that which is better for you and a source of blessing. And nor will I give you something that which you yourselves have a desire for. I.e. he would not bestow it because he had asked for it. Hazrat Umm Hani bint Abi Talib narrates, When the Holy Prophet stayed in the elevated part of Makkah, two of my in-laws from the Bani Makhzum tribe ran away and came to me. Hazrat Umm Hani further states, My brother Ali came to me and said, By God, I will kill them both. Hazrat Umm Hani states, I shut them both inside the house. I then went to the Holy Prophet in the upper part of Makkah. I found that he was bathing at the time using a container which has remnants of dough inside. His daughter, Hazrat Fatima, was holding a cloth for a covering around him. After bathing, the Holy Prophet changed his clothes and then offered eight rakats of voluntary prayer at mid-morning. After this, he turned to me and said, Welcome, O Ummehani, what brings you here? She then informed him about the incident with the two men and what Hazrat Ali had said about killing them and also that she had hid them inside her house. The Holy Prophet stated, We also give refuge to whoever you granted refuge and I assure the safety of those whom you granted protection. I.e. the Holy Prophet ordered Hazrat Ali not to kill them. The Holy Prophet passed the verdict of death for Huwaris bin Nuqayd as he had greatly persecuted the Holy Prophet in Mecca and devised a number of schemes to cause him harm and would also revile him. When Hazrat Abbas, the uncle of the Holy Prophet prepared the camel for Hazrat Fatima and Hazrat Umm Maktoum to leave from Mecca to Medina and they sat down, Huwaris caused the camel to fall down. Hazrat Ali killed Huwaris on the occasion of the conquest of Makkah when he had already fled from there. The Battle of Hunayn took place in Shawal of 8 Hijri. In a narration, it is stated that during the Battle of Hunayn, the flag of the Muhajirin was carried by Hazrat Ali. During the Battle of Hunayn, owing to a ferocious attack by the disbelievers, 
Only a handful of companions remained around the Holy Prophet ﷺ, and Hazrat Ali was among them. In the Battle of the Hunayn, a man on a red camel was carrying a black flag ahead of the ranks of the idolaters. The flag was tied to a long spear. The people of the Banu Hawazin were stood behind him. If anyone came within his reach, he would strike them and kill them. But if that person evaded his attack, he would raise his spear to indicate to the people behind and they would launch a sudden attack and they remained behind the man on the red camel. This man continued to attack in this manner. All of a sudden, Hazrat Ali and a person from the Ansar turned to him and went forward to kill him. Hazrat Ali came from behind him and struck his camel on the hip, as a result of which the camel fell down backwards. Instantly the man from the Ansar attacked him with such force that his leg was severed from the middle of this car. At that moment the Muslims launched a fierce attack against the idolaters. With regards to Hazrat Ali's expedition to the Banu Tay, it is stated that the Holy Prophet sent Hazrat Ali along with 150 men to destroy the idol of the Banu Tay called Fuls. The Banu Tay lived to the northeast of Medina. During this expedition, the Holy Prophet gave Hazrat Ali a large black flag as well as a smaller white flag. In the morning, Hazrat Ali launched an attack on the people of Hatim and destroyed the idol of Fuls. Hazrat Ali returned to Medina, having acquired a large amount of spoils of the Banu Tay, including captives. With regards to the Battle of Tabuk, which took place in Rajab 9 Hijri, Musa bin Saad narrates an incident on the authority of his father that when the Holy Prophet departed for Tabuk, he appointed Hazrat Ali in charge of Medina in his absence. Hazrat Ali said, Are you leaving me behind with women and children? The Holy Prophet stated, Are you not pleased? that you have the same relation to me that Aaron had with Moses, with the exception that there is no prophet after me. Narrating this incident, Hazrat Muslim states, On one occasion, the Holy Prophet left for a battle and left Hazrat Ali in charge in his absence. Only the hypocrites remained behind, and owing to this, he became worried. He went to the Holy Prophet and requested to take him along with him. The Holy Prophet reassured him by saying, Meaning, O Ali, you are to me as Aaron was to Moses. Just like Aaron, after me you shall be a caliph. The difference being that you will not be a prophet. With regards to Hazrat Ali being sent to Yemen, it is mentioned in a narration that in 10 Hijri, 
the Holy Prophet sent Hazrat Ali to Yemen. Prior to this, the Holy Prophet sent Hazrat Khalid bin Walid towards the people of Yemen to invite them towards Islam, but they refused. Upon this, the Holy Prophet sent Hazrat Ali. Hazrat Ali read the letter of the Holy Prophet before the people of Yemen, as a result of which the entire residents of Hamadan accepted Islam in a single day. Hazrat Ali wrote a letter to the Holy Prophet informing him of the acceptance of Islam. Owing to this, the Holy Prophet recited three times, May peace be upon the people of Hamadan. Hamadan is situated in Yemen and is approximately 1100 kilometers southeast of Medina. After this, the people of Yemen accepted Islam. Hazrat Ali wrote to the Holy Prophet informing him about this, upon which he prostrated out of gratitude. Hazrat Ali states, The Holy Prophet appointed me as a Qazi and sent me to Yemen. I said to the Holy Prophet, You are sending me, but I am young and do not know anything about matters of arbitration. To this the Holy Prophet stated, Allah will certainly guide your heart and bless your words. Whenever two people are sat before you who are involved in a dispute, do not issue your verdict until you listen to both of their accounts. This will make it easy for you to make your decision. Hazrat Ali states that after this, he never faced any difficulty in making a decision. Hazrat Amr bin Shah Aslami, who is part of the Treaty of Hudaybiyah, states, On one occasion, I travelled to Yemen with Hazrat Ali. During the journey, he dealt with me in a strict manner, and I began to harbour grievances against him. Thus, when we returned from Yemen, I complained about him in the mosque, and the Holy Prophet ﷺ came to know about my complaint. One day, when I entered the mosque, the Holy Prophet ﷺ was sitting with a few of his companions. When the Holy Prophet ﷺ saw me, he observed me closely. He further states, the Holy Prophet looked towards me intently. When I sat down, the Holy Prophet ﷺ said, O Amr, by God, you have caused me pain. I replied, O Messenger of Allah, I seek refuge with Allah from that which causes you pain. The Holy Prophet said, Certainly, whoever causes Ali pain causes me pain. This is a narration of Muslim Ahmad bin Hanbal. Hazrat Abu Sayyid Khudri narrates, The narration I just read was from Muslim Ahmad bin Hanbal. The next narration is from Hazrat Abu Sayyid Khudri who states On one occasion some people complained against Hazrat Ali. The Holy Prophet stood up to deliver an address. I heard him say O people do not complain against Ali. I swear by God he is fearful of Allah the Almighty or he said he is very fearful of Allah lest a complaint is made against him. God willing I will continue to narrate the accounts of Hazrat Ali in future. Today I will again make a request for prayers. In the last sermon, I did not mention about Algeria. The Ahmadis residing in Algeria are also facing great difficulties and some have been imprisoned. 
remember them in your prayers also. May Allah create ease for them and provide the means for their freedom. There are difficult circumstances there as well. May Allah enable the government to see reason and adhere to justice and grant Ahmadis their due rights. Similarly, the situation in Pakistan is worsening. I mentioned about certain office bearers, pray for them as well. If Allah does not wish to grant these Maulvis and government officials wisdom, or they do not want to see reason, or if it is decreed that they will continue to act in this way and suffer the wrath of Allah, then may Allah ensure the means for them to be seized swiftly and provide ease for Ahmadis. After the Friday prayers, I will lead a funeral prayer in absentia of Rashid Ahmed Sahib, son of Muhammad Abdullah Sahib of Rabwa. He was the father of Tahir Nadim Sahib, who is a missionary here serving in the Arabic desk. He passed away on 28th of October at the age of 76. Verily to Allah we belong and to him shall we return. Ahmadiyyat entered the family of the deceased through his paternal grandfather, Hazrat Abdul Ghafur Sahib, who along with his cousin, Mulvi Aladatta Sahib, went to Qadian in 1891-1892 and performed the bayt at the hands of the Promised Messiah Hazrat Mulvi Aladatta Sahib was an educated scholar and was acquainted with the Promised Messiah prior to his claim. In a dream, Mulvi Aladatta Sahib saw the flag of the Holy Prophet was held by the Promised Messiah Thus, Hazrat Mulvi Aladatta Sahib went to Qadian with his cousin Hazrat Mulvi Abdul Ghafur Sahib, the grandfather of the deceased, and pledged allegiance to the Promised Messiah After this, through the preaching endeavours of Hazrat Mulvi Aladatta Sahib, many people from Alipur and Hassanpur in Multan accepted Ahmadiyyat. The deceased had the opportunity to serve as the finance secretary of the Jamaat in Bhavalpur district for a long time. He was very pious and righteous, had a virtuous disposition, hospitable and was a compassionate person. He had a good relationship with his relatives, his neighbours as well as the poor and would help them discreetly. He is survived by his wife, Siddiqa Begum Sahiba, who was the maternal granddaughter of a companion of the Promised Messiah, Qadir Bakhsh Sahib. By the grace of Allah, the deceased was a Musi. Also among those he leaves behind are his children. Aside from his wife, he is survived by three daughters and two sons. As I mentioned, one son is a life devotee and a missionary serving here in the Arabic desk. May Allah the Almighty bestow his forgiveness and mercy upon the deceased and elevate his status. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Nahmudu, and Astainu, and Astaghfiru, and Omenu, and Atawakalu, and Azubillah, 